All Things Considered, and I'm Dave Lawrence. Today, Off the Road wraps up two days with one of rock's great singers, Ann Wilson of the band Heart, who's been releasing a series of songs recorded during the pandemic, like this one we're hearing now, Black Wing. You can find the first part from yesterday at hawaiipublicradio.org, on our HPR app, and on Apple, Google, and Spotify podcasts, where you can subscribe to Off the Road. As we continue, Ann Wilson takes us to the beginning of her lifelong musical journey. Back when I was a young girl, I was into much more folky type stuff. The Birds and the Crosby, Stills and Nash. And mm. when I got into a real rock band at college, that's when I realized I could sing rock and sing loud and high. And I think I first started singing a couple of Janice songs and a couple of Aretha songs and then some Zeppelin. And then I realized I could do it. Tell us a story of when you just first sang anything. Well, I think I probably was about eight or nine. When my parents would have cocktail parties, my sisters and I would come down and do little performances for them and, you know, dance around or whatever, like the kids do sometimes. And uh, part of our, our performance was me singing the Hawaiian wedding song as Ethel Merman. And so that was how I first realized I got the whole um, high of actually becoming a personality and singing in that personality a song. It's this is the moment I have waited for, you know, that that one. So as a little kid, I just thought it was like a cartoon for me to do that and sing the Hawaiian wedding song. I, I, I guess it was just because it was a great melody. That's great. There's that Hawaii connection. And uh, I'm equally curious, fans of Heart may know you also play the flute. Yes, I do. And um, I first started on the flute when I was in third grade in public school. Music and art were still in curriculums, and I chose band. My parents rented me a flute, and I was in the school band. Well, first, actually, I wanted to play trumpet, but I had braces. <laughs> <laughs> and the trumpet cut my lips up with the braces. And my parents were kind of saying, oh, can't you play something a little bit more feminine? So <laughs> we got the flute and I played it in junior high and then high school. And then uh, when I got into bands, I just kept playing the odd solo. In the late 60s, early 70s, radio hits sometimes would have a flute solo in them. So I would learn how to play that, like a Chicago song or a left bank song or something would have a cool flute solo. Then on Dreamboat Annie, I played some backup flute parts. And as recently as 2019 Heart Tour, I played lots of flute in that. And you know, it's funny, we had Nancy on a few months ago, and uh, she told some great stories about you guys developing your early passions. And as for Zeppelin, Nancy told us about that first show that you guys went to together. She said they were on the same bill with, I think it was the Fifth Dimension at the Green Lake Aqua Theater. That's right. It was the Fifth Dimension, Three Dog Night, and Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> this very strange bill. I was so young. I think they scared me, really. They worried me because... I was such a little little suburban virgin at that time. And here come these big, scary guys who are singing about things that I could only guess at now, you know, like the Lemon Song. <laughs> and, so, and so Nancy and I were sitting in the stands watching this band, Led Zeppelin, and girls around us are just crying and just begging for Robert Plant to come 
to them. And, and we're going, we don't know if we want to be here right now. This is too scary. <laughs> so we left halfway through the Zeppelin set. <laughs> what a great man. She didn't tell us that part of it. <laughs> but she did tell us that famous line you said after first meeting Robert Plant at Nebworth as he walked away from you guys after the show. The air moves around him. <laughs> it does. It hit, especially in those days. <laughs> and any other encounters with uh, Robert Plant over the years? Yeah, I went to see the Robert Plant, Alison Krauss Raising Sand tour. Went back and hung out in the dressing room at the Greek Theater in L.A. with Plant. And that night, because it was L.A., and so... The room was full of looky-loos, and there were a couple of famous groupies from the past in the room who were kind of impatient and frustrated and sad because he wasn't paying attention to them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I just remember that. It was, it was like, ladies, the moment is past. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you, you have a lot of great lines. <laughs> ladies, the moment is past. <laughs> I love it. You're good for those. And how about fun encounters or stories with other musical heroes? Well, I was doing a radio drop-in in Seattle in the early 90s, I think it was. And I was on the air and I was taking calls. So I get this call and it's from George Harrison. Oh. And he, <laughs> it was all arranged in advance because everybody knew that I was a Beatle fan. And, and George was in the process of trying to get people together to do a... Um, an environmental uh, benefit concert. And he wanted to talk to Hart and to me about being part of it. So he chose to call up at this radio station and get me on the phone uh, in public. And they handed me the phone and said, this is George. And then I hear this voice singing, how could I get you alone? <laughs> and it was George Harrison. And yeah, I was stopped in my tracks. Whoa, singing your tune to like try to entice you yeah. guys. Right. Un on the phone. Right, you right. Is this Beatle voice singing a love song to you over the telephone like he's your boyfriend, you know? But one of your jams. Yeah, that was a moment. <laughs> yeah. Probably the first time and maybe the only time that a Beatle has covered heart in some way. Right, exactly. <laughs> and an event you did, I assume you could have run into some musical heroes, was the uh, massive 1978 show in Ontario, California, Cal Jam 2. At 350,000, about as big as it got. They had put all the bands in the same hotel. It was a holiday and it was built around the pool, you know. And next to the pool was a big cement area where they were landing helicopters. <laughs> like you would show up when your appointment was to get the helicopter. They would take you over to the stage and you do your set and then they'd bring you back. And so all night long and early the morning, the day we played, they were there was a helicopter taking off or landing just outside the, my hotel room door. <laughs> I'll never forget coming in over the show in a helicopter just looked like this massive carpet of people. And um, that may have been the first time I met Stevie Nicks, just quickly in passing. Hmm. Uh, there was a whole lot of press and sort of paparazzi backstage. So if you set foot outside your dressing room, your every step would be monitored, which is why <laughs> you may have seen the 
couple of shots of me taken going in and out of the outhouse <laughs> from that day. It's just like a routine trip, you know, before you go on stage. But there happened to be a whole bunch of well, this bank of cameras out there. So I was the lucky one. <laughs> <laughs> what a funny memory. We opened for Queen all across Europe, which wow. was amazing. Like to see them every night, you know, hang around after the set and watch Queen. So Queen would throw dual band get-togethers after the shows or on a day off. The two bands would get together with our tour managers and our entourages, and we'd go to some restaurant in whatever city we were in and have this extravagant wild rock and roll 70s dinner <laughs> with all these courses and different wines for every course and all this food and all this alcohol and it would continue back at the hotel. And I just remember Freddie being the perfect host. I mean, he was the life of the party and, and we clicked, um, he and I. I think it was maybe the, the lead singer syndrome. Yeah. You know, we did a few of those things and it just was, God, I don't know how much money they spent on that, but it was <laughs> incredible excess. It's not like that anymore, but I mean, that's what it was like then. And before we wrap it up, earlier you mentioned Aretha Franklin as an influence. Ever bump into her? I met Aretha once real quick. I was just at an event and I was just one of the looky-loos and she came in with her entourage and fur coat and everything holding her purse. And I was introduced <laughs> and she looked at me like I was a little fly or something <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> Ann Wilson of Heart sharing some uh, great stories today and uh, great energy and really appreciate you being on. I hope you had fun. Well, thank you for having me. I did have fun. You're welcome. Take care. Be safe. Okay, you too. Thank you. Thank you.